Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. We are so excited that you're with us. we got a great guest, a repeat friend of the U.S. Grace Force, Father James Altman. Of course, Father Richard Heilman and myself, the host here, we are thrilled to be with you. Before we get started, though, we want to turn again everything over to prayer. Father Heilman, okay. leave it to you. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. And everybody, we want to thank you always, as we do, for being with us, for your support, your encouragement, your, your emails. We had a just a just a great and tremendous outpouring over this last year, year and a half actually that we've been doing this this podcast. So thank you so much. Uh, you who are the patrons out there, especially your financial contribution to the Patreon program. And for those of you interested, check the description below. You'll see a link there. That is an amazing support for us as well, especially in this this time of canceling throughout the culture that we're all dealing with. So thank you again so much for that. Don't forget to go out and check out the US Grace Forward gear page for amazing T-shirts and all kinds of other cool stuff which helps send the message that we need to send, but also helps support this ministry. So thank you again so much for going out to the U.S. Grace Force gear page. And tonight, again, our friend Father James Altman is with us. And, you know, Father Heilman, you and I talking so much and watching so many things unfold as they have been. And some of our friends, some of our fellow speakers and evangelists out there getting canceled, getting clipped, getting their wings cut off, it seems like, by... Our culture, which is so interesting because as we all know, you two priests, I know preach very clearly about this. Our Lord makes it clear. They hated me. They're going to hate you too. So we know this is kind of part of it. And I would say before cancel culture became cool, this has been happening to Christians for 2000 years. So this is really nothing new, but we do need to toughen up and get stronger. And we need the grace of God. And we know we're going to really address that tonight before we get into that that secret that we're talking about here is they see in the title, Father Heilman, Father Altman, your take on what, what's the lay of our, of our current situation, our current battlefield in the world right now. Father, you take it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can look throughout history and we can see the way cultures have developed and how they've fallen apart. Right. And there are parallels and You know, that phrase that goes, history repeats itself. If you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And I've seen a lot about this actually lately, uh, where they're comparing our, the state of our culture to what was going on in Germany when people were simply unaware and, and, you know, they were suffering economically and that enabled a certain group of people to come in, very organized people and take over and then do very bad things. Well, the people let them. And I think it was Austria, which is supposed to be like 99% Catholic, 99.9% Catholic. They voted for Hitler to take over their country, to annex their country, because his economic program, which was financed by bankers outside of Germany, enabled him to produce uh, what appeared to be a booming economy. So people are always focused on not the eternal, but the temporal. And when that happens evil can take control. And that's what we're, I, I don't know, you surely you've had this father, people from behind the iron curtain, people who grew up in these communist countries are saying to us, listen, you, you people in America, you get, we know what's going on. Right. And you people aren't, they're, they're just dumbfounded that, that yeah. we're that, can I just say it's stupid, right. ignorant of our history, which is a stupid thing to be. Right. And so, I mean, these, these are experts who endured it. And can see what's going on. Well, when you look at history, if, you, if anybody will turn off the clicker, you know, yeah. and just study their history a little bit, you will see that's what's going on. And so that's what, when you see this cancel culture, when the media can take control and control the media, control the message, control the message, control the people. That was Hitler's propaganda chief uh, right there and, and others as well. I mean, yeah. that's what's going on now. So I keep thinking of uh, uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. Mm-hmm. You know, use, you use the word parallel. His, his favorite uh, word is paradigm which yeah. is synonymous. And he's been pointing to um, the, the, the Baal worshipers, or Baal yeah. worshipers yep. uh, back in the Old Testament. And recently he's been pointing to the Amalekites who are Baal worshipers. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> but as I was listening to him too, I was thinking about how similar that is to 
the Battle of Lepanto uh -huh. and how the, uh, the Ottoman Turks saw a weak and divided Christianity yeah. uh, that, that wasn't going to stand up for itself. It didn't appear to. And so this is our time. It's time to move in. It, yeah. It, yeah. And let's, let's, let's deal the last blow. Yeah. And we happen to be in the 450th anniversary of that battle. It was, uh, it was uh, August, October 7th, 1571, yeah. and which brought us the, the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, formerly Feast of Our Lady of Victory. But, <clears throat> but what happened then, and this is what I want us to point to tonight, is that you know, the, the, evil, the insurgency of evil, in, 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 so you can draw that parallel, parallel or paradigm to Lepanto, to the Amalekites, uh, to uh, to 1930s Germany, all these things. But what, what happens is, is that we, we get so worldly, uh, in, in essence, idolatrous, because yeah. we're putting everything else ahead of God. And, and we kind of fit them in, you know, oh, gee, uh, I got to get some my car and go to church for an hour, and you're looking at your watch. And, you know, that's that lukewarmness, right? Yeah. That, um, that that's the disease of our culture right now. And it's the disease that has made us weak. And so lukewarm has become normalized, normalized so that if you actually are a devout Catholic, if you actually love all the treasures of the church, if you love a sacred liturgy, if you follow all the teachings of the church, you know what you are? You are marginalized as a fanatic. You're an extremist because of that. See, because the, the, it's become normalized. My brothers, this is the spiritual disease of our culture that is inviting aggression. Uh, that, that I'm using uh, uh, President Reagan's quote, uh, um, uh, peace through strength. You, know? uh, it's, you, 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 uh, you stand against evil by being strong. Weakness only invites aggression. Yeah. And, and that's what's happening right now. We're weak, and evil thinks it's our time. And what are they bringing in? The, the, I call it the radical secular dogma. But it's everything. It's, I keep saying their, their dogma is they look at the Bible and go, okay, we definitely aren't doing that. We're going to do the opposite of that. And that's, that's the narrative that's, that's the only narrative that it's allowed right now. So that you will be censored and even punished if you don't follow this anti-God, anti-word of God, anti-law of God, radical secular dogma right now. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. What do you guys think about what I'm saying there? Well, I think it's spot on. I, and, and one of the things I would add to that is you talk about all the things that we're putting in front of God. We're putting trust in certain so-called medical experts over this particular medical emergency that's going on obviously they're using I'm selective it. with my words yeah they're using it they're, and they're, they're using it they are and so many yeah. people and it's been manipulation it's been brainwashing it's been fear tactics and it's been a false idea of charity when we say things such as yes. it's a corporal work of mercy or yeah. it's your it's yeah. your it's your charitable duty towards your neighbor and we're hearing they're this training us to obey aren't they yeah. it is guys, it's a manipulation and, and, and you know, and I'll say this real quick too. Is and, and I know Father Altman, you can speak very well, you know, because you're you're very very attuned to history, especially with regards to what happened in the 1930s, late 30s, and early 40s, and what it was that actually moved people to want to be willing to get on boxcars and shipped off to camps. And I know you've been right. to Auschwitz, yeah. you know, several times, you know. But what is it that does that? Well, in their case, there was a lot of fear and intimidation with regards to violence against them, and they couldn't yes. defend themselves and all of this. Right. Here, they know in this country, that's not going to work the same because of those who have adhered to the Second Amendment and so forth and have prepared for that. I'll just put yeah. it that way. So they know that that's going to be a difficult take. And if we're going to make this a global effort, um, and I know we've talked in the past, and Paul Altman, you've talked about even the, the Great Reset and, and all that mess that's going on. So using a health issue, now it's done out of the goodness towards the community care right. for other people's health. And it's tough to argue that, isn't it? I mean, how do you argue? Well, if you care for people, you'll do these things. I'm walking out of the, the church. 
and I see a, a holy water font, and instead of holy water, they've got hand sanitizer bottle, yeah. and they've got a scripture verse, what you do to the least of my brothers on the hand sanitizer bottle. Yeah. I mean, this I is a subtle you. propaganda drip of fear and manipulation yeah. that gets, and we put all this, as you said, Father Hyman, we put these things in front of God, right. and our trust is now in these things rather right. than in God right. himself. Right. Father Hyman? Yeah, so here's, here's my answer. Do you know what feast day is today? Do you know? No. It's St. Peter... St. Peter or St. Damien of Malachi, who oh, didn't yes, put yes. his life, his temporal life as his idol, but put loving others as God loved them as his, that's how he worshiped God by giving himself, knowing full well when he went in there, he was actually going to encounter something that actually was a deadly disease, something that would absolutely within a period of time, it was a certainty, would take his life. Not something that 99.999% of people are not even going to know under the age of 30, aren't even going to know they had it. Right. Peter or St. Damien of Malachi went in because he knew serving God in this world that it didn't matter how long, it, you know, what took him, that time on earth is short, eternity is a very long time. He is a saint for our times. And yet, what are we getting? Nothing but cowardice and abundance of caution. Listen, St. Damien of Malachi did not lock his church. He let people in there and he served them, just like Charles Borromeo did, just like St. Aloysius Gonzaga did. He served them in their illness. But the surely, illness. surely, Father, he didn't give communion on the tongue. I'm sure he only gave communion. Oh, yes, he did. <laughs> I, I'm kidding, of course. Wow, I know, I know. So, <laughs> I, so I'm with you, you guys. Look at saints for our time, then those are the examples of an abundance of courage, mm. not an abundance of caution. Right. And, and so why why do we have an abundance of caution? People cannot be believing in the afterlife. They cannot be believing in God as real and as our Savior and Redeemer. They, they, they're, not, they're putting all their stock, all their belief in the temporal world. And that's where you start worshiping false gods like my longevity. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I always say that I red-pilled the week after Holy Week last year. Mm. Yeah. But up until that time, I, I went, yikes. Because we didn't know any better at that yeah. time. And I, and I think the bishops didn't either. But darn it, they should have red-pilled at some point. Right. And realized that, 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 you know, never let a crisis go to waste, right. say, political parties. You know, for right? the last 50 years, though, this has been, they have, they've, they don't even make it a secret anymore about what their intentions are and how they're going to achieve their intention. And so when you say, well, you're going you're gonna to cut the bishops a lot more slack, listen. We have I'll, I'll cut it up until the week after Easter, but go yeah, ahead. But shepherds of the church have one job, one job alone, the eternal salvation of souls. The yeah. very minute, the very minute that you lock a church, that you deny people Holy Communion, that you deny, oh, which we're going to talk about in a little bit here, Holy Communion and the Holy right. Eucharist. I mean, that is actually central to our whole, right. I think, secret tonight. But when you, when you tell your priest... You shall not anoint the dying. At that moment, for a true Catholic, you will have to know that is not from God. God would never say that. Therefore, if you have any sense at all in the vocation to which you have been called, if you have any sense of that at all, the last thing you would do when you, because you know there's going to be a bunch of martyrs standing at the gates of heaven. Look at that 14-year-old boy in Mexico. Oh, lock the churches. No, viva Cristo Rey. They, they tortured him and then they murdered him. 14-year-old. He's going to be standing at the door. And when you say, well, I was out of it. I was being cautious. Out of abundance of caution. I denied last rights to the dying. How, the minute that enters your mind the minute, yeah. is the minute you say, red pill, there's something not from God. This right. is not from God. None of it's been from God, and they have not stood up to this day and apologized. I know. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, and I'll say this, too. Just, just as a layman, I can tell you that I thought, you know, many times, and I'm where I am, I'm in a pretty decent diocese, but I still think that if my wife or my children or a loved one is, for whatever reason, is on their deathbed, and I have to get a priest to them, yeah. and especially if it's my wife, that's my job to try to make sure she has a priest by her side okay. if possible. Yeah. Okay, and someone says to me, oh, no, we can't let anybody in the hospital room out of caution. Yeah. Oh, no, we can't. This Number one, I want to know that there are priests out there who are willing to say, I don't think so. I'm not right. sitting back while there's someone in there who needs me. 
I'm hoping that they're on pre I know both of you would do it if you were here, but you're both in Wisconsin. I don't know why you should come to Texas. It's a little better down here. But I can say that I want to know that there are more priests out there. So any priests who are listening right now, be that type of priest with that abundance of courage that will say, look, if there's someone who needs me, they need last rites, I will go. Father Heilman, you've been that priest. When people call you, text you day and night, they can come to your rectory for confession. I mean, how phenomenal is that? But we've got so many out there. And I, I pray for the priests every day in my rosary. This is in no way to, to put them down. I know it's a difficult time. But I also agree with what you said, Father Altman, is we need this abundance of courage to just pour out of us. Okay. What if I went to anoint somebody in the hospital and I got sick and died? What will Almighty God say to me? Well done, my, <laughs> well good, and done, my good and faithful servant. Yep. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so you tell me, if you can, how many priests would have gone and how many would have not? Mm-hmm. And I think if the truth came, if you could actually, if, if God bared all the souls right now of every priest, what percentage would not have gone? I don't know. I think a great... You know, I... This, this uh, is hair in my head. You might claim it's gray, but it's been blonde all my life. Uh, and <laughs> it, it's done wonders for me, too, because a couple of times I got uh, called to anoint someone. And I just, I went up there and they, they all had saucers in their eyes. Uh, what do you, like, what are you doing here? And I was like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm flipping my blonde hair button right now. Yeah. yeah. I, I, play oh dumb, I play dumb really well. Yeah. Yeah. but uh uh yes and so uh, again it, it it's um there's so many people that are afraid everybody's afraid and i think the bishops are afraid too and a lot of priests are afraid everybody's afraid 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 fear not jesus said you know uh one of the things that i, I love that uh um that patrick uh, um on the last show uh, said is, is he said jesus is asleep in the in the boat right now we all know yeah. that yeah. You know, but, but they woke him up. He says, you know, why are you afraid? You know, I'm right here, you know? Right. And so it's, it, that's the thing that I think we all have to understand is that Jesus is right here. He might appear to be asleep right now, but, uh, but, you know, I think we should uh, trust in him and we should believe in his supernatural power. And I think that's what we're going to get at here in a, in a moment is that again, we're suffering a terrible spiritual disease of lukewarm that's caused by adult idolatry. And we've got to find the cure, okay, the antidote for this. And, I, and, and that's why the, the name of our podcast tonight is The Secret uh, to Praying Grace into the Land. Uh, and, and Father, you and I, we had lunch last week, and, uh, and we were talking about this. And that's why we asked you to be on tonight, because yeah. both of us were just sitting there really excited that we do believe that this is the way yeah. to go. Yes. And you mind if I get into it, you guys, right now? If I yeah, if, no, please, sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, so everybody's afraid. Um, we're being told to sit down and shut up. Uh, you know, it's, there's there's a gangster mob that's in charge, a organized crime syndicate, and they're controlling everything. You know, I could go on and on. They're, they're ushering in all these um, abominations unto God, and nobody's saying anything. They're using a, a virus to control us and to train us to obey. I mean, again, I could go on and on and on. Everybody knows this. And so there's a lot of people out there that are saying, um, we're toast. Uh, they're, they're despairing. And, and they think there's nothing we can do. Well, you know what? They're right. There's nothing we can do. Yeah. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And if you look at salvation history, they 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 floundered and and tried and did everything. It's it's like the story of of uh, Jesus. You know, they come, he comes up to, hey, have you caught anything? No, no. Uh, he says, well, cast out over here to the deep. And they go, well, we've been hard at it all night and have caught nothing. But at your command, we will do it. That's when they start. That's when things started to happen. They got a net full of fish. That this I'm actually drawing from the major scripture that Pope John Paul II used to lead us into this new millennium, okay? And the words duke and altum, put out into the deep, put out into the deep. This is the secret. This is the secret. We're shallow, we're lukewarm, we're weak, we're divided, and the enemy thinks it's, it's his time. So what do we need to do? 
We need to put out into the deep and we need to call, we need to wake Jesus up in the boat and say, pour out your Holy Spirit, your power, make us powerful, make us powerful, okay? We're, we're being defeated right now. The enemy is in charge right now. We all know, okay, you know, uh, God wins in the end and, and uh, Mecklenburg will triumph. But, uh, we know that, but this is our time and, 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 and we're responsible for this time as we're watching devastation all around us. And we're watching a lot of people that are getting uh, 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 indoctrinated, okay, evangelized by the radical secular dogma because it's the only narrative allowed. This is all that's going on right now. Father, Father can, I, can I interject yeah. real quick? I, I'm sorry. I, I just want to interject on one point you said before I, before I forget here. When you said that about people say we know God's in charge, we know who wins in the end, that's not taking into account the collateral damage along the way. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. I mean, how many hard time. The, the suicide rate is up like never yeah. before. The depression is up. The addiction yeah. is up. And people who are following the, the so-called science. The yeah. 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 People are following the so-called science and they're, they're practicing this gene therapy now and all the medical health problems that are coming out. I had father, the conference you and I spoke at in St. Louis just last weekend, two different people came up to me and said that they did get, this particular gene therapy and they both have serious health problems and since the conference two weeks almost two weeks ago now week and a half um one of them has been in contact with my wife she's a friend of hers now and she told her that she's been in the er at least twice three different doctors they're downplaying it telling her well we think this is probably because of other issues that she never had at all exactly. before she got this first dose of gene therapy yeah. These types of collateral damage moments are mounting by the thousands, tens of thousands and more. And so on your point, Father Heilman, about we know who wins in the end, yes. But that's never been the question for any of us, I know. Right. It's always along the way, the damage and those, the, the, the so-called bodies left on the side of the road or in the wake that yeah. don't have to suffer like this if we don't let fear dominate and we turn to, as you're getting at here, the source of our strength. Right. And, and your point, you're, you're bringing up another point that the modus operandi that they're using right now is say they don't like that we're talking about one man, one woman. They don't like that we're talking about there's only two genders, you know, they don't like any of this talk. Okay. And, and, but they can't necessarily cancel us for that because it's just the teaching of the Catholic church, but th then say masks don't work and you're canceled. See, they're right. using COVID speech by, by justifying silencing uh, conservatives. Which, it's, which it's, their, it's their way to do it. It's their way to, they've discovered a way to silence them that's justified in their mind and in, and in the general public because look, your language is killing grandma. Look, your language is killing grandma. And, the, I, and they're yeah. justified right now. Can I say something? So, you know, you talked about the red pill and when, when you figured it out that, hey, something's not quite right with this picture. So I've said, I used to teach this to the kids in, in high school all the time. So all you need to know who to vote for is find out who Hollywood's voting for and vote for the other guy. That's all you need to know. As to the truth of what's going on in our world today, all we need to know is see who's lining up on one side right. and we immediately just know. We don't need to know anything else. This does not take rocket science. Right. I don't need an MIT graduate as a shepherd of the church. I need someone who's got, uses the brains God gave him and realize if right. those people are for it, we're against it. It is so simple. Just right. that alone, that's all you need to know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That, yeah, the I radical agree. secular dogma. Yeah, you know that that the and, and the only narrative allowed yeah. right now, and, and that and that's it's really 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 bad. It, it is. I, I get you guys agree with that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's about as bad. One hundred percent bad. And and, yeah. and we were trying to warn people all through twenty twenty, and we were getting crucified for trying to do it. Yes. And so well, here we are. That, I, I, mean, I think we're I think we're vindicated. I, I'm not sure. You know. Well, yeah. you'd think so by now. We were saying this is going to get worse if people don't speak out more. Yeah. It's going to get worse if we don't turn back to the almighty power of God. Yeah. We don't yeah. convert like the Blessed Mother has been telling us. One yeah. quick thought here, gentlemen. If you didn't catch this a few days ago in the news, Governor Inslee, this has been in the news all over the place in the state of Washington, is now allowing and basically encouraging segregation in sports arenas, 
churches and other public arenas for those who have been treated with the gene therapy and those who have not, because we want to mix them now. We want to segregate them and even giving them their, their own personal exit entrance and exit. They get their own water fountain too. Well, that's what it seems to be getting yeah, to. Yeah. I mean, here's what I've always said. If you, if it the unvaccinated worked, are in the back of the bus, yeah. right? if it worked, then it wouldn't phase anyone that had their little therapy. If it worked, they could mingle with anybody. And the, the people that don't want to, to experiment, that's their choice. It is their body, their choice. That is this country. That is the foundation of our country. So it is an absolute lie to say that 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 to segregate, as you're saying, um, if you, because it, again, if 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 all these things actually work that we've had to endure for the last four, fourteen months, if it actually works, yeah, we wouldn't be where we are now. Except it doesn't work. Right, that's right. the problem. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so we're being traced. Sometimes I I feel like you know, uh, sit, stand, bark. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're being trained right now. I yeah. feel like a dog. It, well, we've been told to stay for to over stay. a year now, yeah. Yeah. and and people stay. stayed. Yeah, didn't stay. Yeah, we're being trained. You know, just like they would they 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 trained everybody to hate the last president. I'm I'm I know yeah. I'm convinced of that. Yeah, I mean they it was like it was like you're in in a dog kennel, you know, and you're going to hate them. You're going to hate, and this is the reason why you're going to hate them. You're going to hate them. Okay, boss. <laughs> I hate them, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, but it's right. I mean, so at some point we've got to say no. And, and we've got to find the courage to, to stand our ground, to mm -hmm. stand our ground. That's actually in this scripture passage, um, uh, two uh, Chronicles 7, 14 and 15, actually 13, 14, 15. But uh, uh, but we we're, we need to stand up and fight, and and everybody's sitting around going, oh, okay, we need to do that. So, what does that look like? Right. You know, are, are we are we supposed to climb onto ships and start firing cannons like they did in the Battle of Lepanto back then? Are we supposed to all get into one conference room? I know everybody's having these wonderful conferences and really getting you know the, the truth into people uh, that way, but. Like we had in, in, in St. Louis, it was amazing. It was a big love fest. I loved it there. Uh, but there's so many of these around, and that's great. But we need to rally the troops. And we need to, this is a spiritual warfare. You know, if, if you don't understand that, uh, then you better work at getting, dis, getting connected to God. Because um, if you were connected at all to God, you'd understand the but do you, devil. But do you see then, Father? You see what that? you just said. It's a spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. right. That means that the shepherds are supposed to be the generals. And they're right. supposed to react as if it is spiritual warfare instead right. of having an antichrist approach to, um, you know, it's, yeah. it, it is supposed to be spiritual warfare. It is spiritual warfare. So why Get is off the camera there, father? Yeah, how the heck is that? Is that, there we go. There okay. Go. There we are. We're better. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I moved it the other way because I thought I was in the wrong direction. Yeah, we like your face too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it's spiritual warfare. This is basic to yeah. theology 101. Yeah. It's yeah. a spiritual warfare, and the spiritual leaders are supposed to stand up. So, right. you know, but they haven't. So, you know what? We're, that's going to get right to your point of what the secret is because the only secret we can ever rely upon. Because, like Fulton J. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen said way back in the 1940s, listen, people, it's going to be up to you because you can't look to the to the to the priests and bishops of the church. You you can't. Right. So what can we do, Father? Tell us what the secret all is. All right. All right. So again, I'm <laughs> going to oh, use the analogy. I'm going to use the analogy of the virus that we're in the the physical virus. We we have a spiritual virus right now. As I said, it's lukewarm caused by our. our our idolatry, okay, say that three times real fast. Yeah. Um, but so what's 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 the uh, cure? What's the antidote? What's the treatment for this spiritual virus that we're suffering, the sickness that we have right now? It, the, the, we need to get ourselves as close as we can possibly get to God. And we need we need to fall on our face. You, you see beautiful stories in in uh, in the gospels of those who came to Jesus and just said, I'm all in. And they threw themselves on their face. Yeah. I love the one of, 
uh, she broke into the, uh, the supper that they were having and she washed his yes. feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. I mean, she just said, whatever you need, whatever you want, I love you dearly. I'm so grateful for your mercy. I'm all in. If we can get to that place, imagine how strong we are, okay? And throughout all of, uh, throughout all of our church history, okay, uh, beginning especially uh, the last time this Christmas star appeared, okay, I keep pointing to that because I think God was giving us a really strong hint, but uh, just real quick, December 21st uh, was the 400th anniversary of the Pilgrim's first putting their feet on the ground of America. I don't know if you guys knew that. And it, and it also was the winter solstice, the, the darkest day of the year. Uh, it was just before our Lord's birth. They nicknamed it the Christmas star for that reason. But it was a bright star or looked like a star, but it was the uh, Saturn and Jupiter coming together. The last time that happened was almost 800 years ago, and it was 1226. And what do you suppose happened in that year? The, the Catholic practice of Eucharistic adoration moved out of the monasteries and into the parishes for the first time. And, and, and so if, I, I always say sometimes God whispers, sometimes he shouts. But you look at adoration, and I've said, Father, I bet you can back this up. Yeah. Of all the conversion stories I've heard in my priesthood, I'll bet you 80% of them were people who stumbled across Eucharistic adoration, and it was yep. all over after that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and so what happens there is that you move from this, you know, I, I call myself a Catholic, and it, you know, it kind of builds my brand, and uh, may, maybe, maybe I might shove in an hour once a week to get my obligation in, you know, just to, so the luck, you know, keeps coming my way. You know what I'm saying? That lukewarm yeah. Catholic, barely in, or or somebody of some, so many have just checked out altogether. You know what's going on there? They just allowed their their relationship with our Lord to turn into at best like a business partner or something. Mm -hmm. you know, but it's it's not intimate. It's not it's not love. It's not true love. Uh, it's you're we're almost like we're using God to build our brand or whatever. So what you, what happens in Eucharistic adoration is you're sitting there, and you're face to face, you're eyeball to eyeball with them, and all of a sudden. Uh, you got to start thinking about the relationship maybe the, for the first time in your life. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you, for whatever, it's a supernatural effect. I believe with adoration is that you you, you almost feel prone to do the fall of his feet and wash his feet with his, your tears and dry them with your hair. You all of a sudden become intimate. What you're receiving there is the Holy spirit gift of fear of the Lord. Meaning we always say God fearing people. What does that mean? It means yeah. that, I love you so much. You're so amazing that I'm afraid of, of ever offending you. So um, we want to utilize the greatest devotion there is in all of Catholicism beyond the sacraments. And we want to take a period of time. And so we're taking May 13th. That Now that day is uh, obviously Fatima, but we came, uh, I don't know if people understood this, but we just understood recently in many parts of the world that was uh, the uh, Our Lady of the Blessed Sacrament. And so Our Lady chose to come on that day, Our Lady of the Blessed Segment. And this year, it's also Ascension Thursday. So all yes. this alignment's happening. So we're starting on uh, May 13th. And every Thursday, and we're picking in my parish, we're picking 6 to 7 o'clock. But people can do whatever they want. We want people to, I, I, we want this thing to grow. And all the way to October 7th, so that we have these satellites of these uh, adoration and, and what we have is uh, very powerful prayers. You're going to start out, expose the blessed sacrament, pray the rosary, but there's this really powerful prayer that we're asking everybody to pray. We end with a very powerful prayer, too, after benediction. Uh, we have a priest in the confession during adoration. Uh, it's going to be glorious. This We're going to launch this whole thing this May 13th. Uh, we got permission from our bishop, and we got the place secured from the uh, the the uh, Capitol Police, but we're going to be at the Wisconsin State Capitol, right in the steps of the State Capitol, doing a holy hour of adoration, because we are praying for our country. We want to do this out, and we're proud of uh, our Lord and this practice of uh, adoration. We're going to actually have people available to pray for others if they come up and they want prayers. I'm going to be over off on the grass in a uh, place for confession. It's going to be glorious, but that's six to seven. This uh, Thursday, May 13th, at the Wisconsin State Capitol of the State Street Steps, please everybody join us. But then what we're going to do then is 
at St. Mary's from that point on in our, in our church, we're going to do this holy hour uh, every uh, Thursday night at uh, 6 to 7. What, we have to do uh, 5 to 6 on uh, May 27th because of a graduation that night. But anyway, so, um, and then October 7th is the last time. That is the actual 450th anniversary of the Battle of Ponto. All right, so we're, we're asking and even begging people. We're begging you to join us to beg. We're, we're, we, we are begging God to pour out the Holy Spirit, maybe as he, as he, as he ever done since the, since the first Pentecost. And also we're going to encourage people, too, to pray the Pentecost Novena from May 14th until up to uh, Pentecost Sunday. So there it is. We believe that what's going to happen there is that that by, by praying in that way, getting before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament that way, that we are literally going to be opening our hearts to receive the full power of the Holy Spirit and, and pray that into our country. Amen. 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 Is there a website for this, Father? Yes. We are calling this uh, Heal Our Land Holy Hours because we're using that uh, scripture passage from 2 Chronicles uh, 7.14. That, uh, that uh, I'm going to get that up for us, but you guys say something while I look around for it. <laughs> but that uh, it's uh, it's healourlandholyhour.com <laughs> is the website. Healourlandholyhour.com. I almost have the scripture passage memorized, but not quite yet. So um, here, I got it. Uh, that's King James. I don't like that. <laughs> okay, I'll do the King James. Here it is in King James. Ready? If my people, which are called by name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek yes. my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Yeah. Think yeah, about think that, though. They're seeking his face. Well, yeah. I mean, look at, look at the criteria before the healing. Right. <laughs> yeah. You got you to gotta seek his face. You got to pray. You got to turn from your wicked ways. Yeah. I mean, and then he'll hear. Then he'll hear. Then he'll hear. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't, you know, a man can't say to his wife or a wife to a husband, you can't say, hey, you know what? I, I need you to forgive me, you know, and so forth. But I'm going to keep carousing, drinking, right. you know, um, domestic violence, my language, whatever. I'm not yeah. changing that. Yeah. But right. I want you to forgive me and I want you yeah. to, you know, work on the relationship. It yeah. doesn't work. Anybody married longer than a week, you know what I'm talking about. Right. And it's not just, yeah, yeah, forgive me. Okay. I'm going over here now. No, you, you kind of, honey, dear, please forgive me. Right. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. what adoration is. That's yeah. what adoration is. Yeah. You're, you're coming in. It's intimate, as intimate as you could possibly be. We're exposing the blessed sacrament for us to adore. It's the, it's the greatest and most powerful. I believe we're going to see many supernatural miracles, but I do believe we're going to see an outpouring of the Holy spirit in this. Mm. Brother Altman, your thoughts on this? Uh, so when Father was talking earlier about that woman who fell at Jesus' feet, mm -hmm. wept, washed his feet with her tears, dried it with her hair, and that is uh, what we're all called to do. Right. And, and how do we do that? How do we get that close to Jesus, his real presence in this world to do it? We can, we can pretend, oh, I see Jesus in the sunset. Well, not really. Um, God created the sunset. The sunset isn't God. But we have believed, since Jesus told us this, that his real presence is truly present in the Holy Eucharist. And so we do go to adore him like that woman who fell at his feet and washed uh, his feet with the tears of her sins in her, in her, in her humility, in her contrition. Um, maybe, maybe that's why people won't go to the Holy Eucharist, because they know that means that uh -oh. they have to say, gee, yeah, you're yeah. God, I'm not, you command, I'm supposed to obey, but I haven't done a good job with that, and yeah, I don't you... want to be reminded of it. Yep. Right. I you mean, I got to take this faith seriously? Uh-uh. Yeah. That's why, too, a lot of people take offense to people who do take the faith seriously, because they're, they're in essence saying, wait a minute, if, if you're going to take this seriously, that means I got to take it seriously, and so... Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm going to say that your form of faith is is fanatical and extremist and and, uh, and marginalize it because uh, what's what's got to be normal is my new lukewarm faith. 
so I can keep doing the things that I pretend aren't uh, offending God, but they are offending God. See, this is the spiritual disease that we're suffering right now in our church. And at the same time, our spiritual leaders, are no, our, our shepherds, are nowhere to be found. They're saying literally nothing. Uh, you know, there's what's coming up real quick in, in June. I guess the USCCB is, is going to talk about uh, should Biden, Pelosi, and the like receive communion if they're publicly espousing, you know, the killing of children. They actually have to talk about that. That's the place we're at right have now. You ever seen, have you ever seen that Cardinal Renze video? It's very short, where he talks about that issue. Have you ever Have you ever seen it? Hmm. He says, listen, you don't need a cardinal of the Catholic Church to answer this question. You give a pro-abort politician public communion. Ask a third grader. Tell ask a third, a third grader, grader what that politician is going to do to that baby. And you ask a third grader, should that... Should that politician get Holy Communion? Says you don't need a cardinal of the Catholic Church. You know what? We don't need you, USCCB, to tell us. We already know, we faithful yeah. Catholics. If you don't know, get out, because you're not doing your job and you're misleading people. Yes. You don't need a cardinal of the Catholic Church to tell you this answer, and I don't need the USCCB to do so either. It's it's damnable. Yeah. It's, uh, th that's the place we're at right now. You know what? We're, we're recording on Monday night. We'll let people know that. We do that every week. We record on Monday and put it up on Wednesday, and they, they fix it up of, on the two days. But uh, you know what's happening on May 10th in Germany right now? That's today's oh, no. date. There's 100 Catholic churches who are going to bless gay unions. No, now, this, tell me that's, that's not true. No, it is. Look it up. That's, that's Martin Luther, okay? Uh, putting the 95 thesis on the door. I mean, they are excommunicated. Now, if they don't, if, 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 if the church pretends they're not excommunicated, think, think of the signal that sends out to everybody else around the world. You know, that, that, that the church says, absolutely, you can't do gay blessings, but then they go ahead and do it, and nobody says anything. So what are they, look what they're teaching, uh, ordinary Catholics, that even though the church says something, we don't have to follow it because look over here. Mm -hmm. and, and so this is the condition of our church right now. This is a literal Goliath. It's a Goliath. Like I, I keep saying it's the greatest in all of salvation history because of uh, high-speed internet and, mm -hmm. and, and the like that, that is influencing people at the touch of a button. They didn't yeah, have that in any, any other age. People are being trained out of the faith and into yeah. this radical secular dogma by looking at their phone now. That was never at any other time. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, it, it's as if the sins themselves, you know, same evil packaged a little differently, but the scope and scale of it now is different than it's ever been because of the internet. When people would say that, well, Rome, they did it in Rome, but Rome did it better. It's like, no, Rome didn't have the internet. Right. You know, you can put something on a video and within seconds, it's, through, it, it's covering the earth. And you're right, Father, both of you, you know, the fact that we have such poor catechesis and our spiritual leaders aren't saying what they're saying or what they should be saying, you know, and, and, and Father Altman, what you said about the USCCB having to get together to discuss, it is, it is incredible. It'd be like me and my wife trying to get together to decide whether or not, you know, we should allow our, our kids to have, you know, their boyfriend, girlfriend sleep over or something. Yeah. It's like, well, we're going to discuss yeah. it and see if we, yeah, there, this, that's, an, it's just, it's radically insane that we're where we are with this. Radically insane. How dare they? How dare they stand up and even suggest that they have to meet to discuss that? Are you kidding me? Well, and I'll say this as a layperson. So I'm the only layperson on this show tonight here. I'm usually the only layperson on the show. But well, we've got priests on at least. But I'll say this, um, that uh, you know, as, I'm insulted by it. You know, as a Catholic, I'm embarrassed and I'm insulted yeah. as a husband and father, as a head of my own home, yeah. my own domestic church. Yeah. But I'm watching the spiritual leaders who are the successors of the apostles yeah. have to address these things the way they're addressing them. Now, I pray for the clergy and I pray for you two by name in my daily rosary because I pray for my priest friends in particular by name. But I pray for the clergy every day in my daily rosary. So I do not mean this in a, you know, in, in a contemptible way, but I look at this as a unbelievable a wall of duty. Okay, this is uh -oh. this is really An unbelievable. Abdication. Point. And, and as a husband and father, I'm thinking, what do I say to my wife and kids when this is happening on this scale like this on these right. issues? Right. You know what? The the Holy Eucharist is a source and summit of grace, and you don't commit sacrilege against the Holy Eucharist. And 
for them to do so, for them to say it's okay, to suggest that isn't sacrilege. We don't have a right to the Holy Eucharist. As a Catholic, mm. you have to be in a state of grace. Right. right. So that means you promote Catholic truth. You try to live up to Catholic truth. There's this is not this is not there's no gray area here. Yeah. They, 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 that, they, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say they 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 think they found a narrative because they use this, it's not a prize for the perfect. Mm. Well, yeah. you know what? That is BS. Well, I say no, that. You, I love you, to say you, that. You know, I say it's a prize for the purified. Yeah. Because you go to confession, you get yourself all gussied yeah. up. You know, you get yeah. you get your sins washed out, de yeah. detoxed, and you get you, you're getting all ready for to receive our Lord in the Holy Eucharist. You've been purified. You're yeah, not perfect. None of us is perfect. No, but but, but God makes it, God makes it possible for us all to be in the state of grace. Right. Yeah. When we go to receive Him in Holy Communion, okay, no, we're not perfect, but we can be in the state of grace, so we're free from from grave sin. We right. we can do that. Exactly. So it, it is it is BS, Father Alman. You we know that they, they throw that line around. It is. Yeah. yeah. It is that we're still discussing this since the seventy three. Uh -huh. So that's twenty seven years. Another twenty one, forty eight years. Am I math correct? We're what still they're still haven't figured it out. Forty eight years later. Right. Are you kidding me? I know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It is so staggering. Listen, I, honestly, I, if I thought that was what the Catholic Church really was. I'm out of the door today. I yeah. would not belong to the Catholic Church for two seconds if yeah. I thought that represented the Catholic Church. Right. Yeah. And thank God it doesn't because... It does not. You're right. No. And that needs to be established clear is that that type of leadership is not what it means to be Catholic. That does not exemplify what it means to be Catholic. You know what does? I'll tell you what does. Yeah. The martyrs who lost their lives defending the Holy Eucharist. Right. That's what represented right. the martyrs who are burned alive at the stake that, that, that were fed to the lions because they wouldn't burn a little incense to the false gods. Exactly. That's what represents what Catholics are, not this milk toast. They, it is so, you know, there, there's this thing in the law that says it is so reckless when your behavior is so reckless that it rises to the level of actual culpability. Because it's no longer negligence. You're just way mm. too reckless. This whole thing that they even dare to say they're going to discuss it when in June. You know what? Your behavior is so reckless, you're not Catholic. You are culpably ignorant. You are culpably guilty. You are culpable for leading the lambs astray. And you will pay for that. How yeah. dare they? How dare they? This was all ushered in. I keep going back to, to my mm. seminary days when the Eucharist was out of sight. And yes. we, we had a chapel that looked like a conference center with chairs, no kneelers, right. and, and a little a little uh, wood thing that, uh, in front, no decor, whatever. But what were they doing there? They were trying to say, let's not take this too seriously. Yes. Okay? That's what they wanted. And so is if, if, if I don't have to be near the Blessed Sacrament, okay, I don't take it. This is why I'm saying is that the antidote, the treatment for the disease that he that is that is that we're in right now, spiritual disease that we're in right now, is Eucharistic adoration. When I was in seminary, they, they didn't expose the Blessed Sacrament one minute in all my seminary training. No. Isn't that and you, that was so a movement? They can't believe in it. That was a movement to stop taking things so seriously. Yes. That be, because they wanted the the faith thin enough. This was their this was their um, this was their calculation. That if the faith is thin enough, okay, it's not too scary, so it's more approachable. Okay, what a failed experiment because nobody is coming to this mush and instead they're leaving the mush in droves. Okay, and so, and you just talked about it too. These Christians, they, they, would, they wouldn't eat a certain food and, and, and they'd still be fed to the lions. You know what happened during that time too? The, the Christianity grew, exploded all yeah. across the planet fast. Yeah. Because yeah. why? Because these were shock troops. These were, yeah. these were Christians willing to go first, willing to be fed to lions to stand up for what is right and true and good. And, and uh, so that's why, again, Eucharistic adoration, the thing that was pulled away from us, Hide the tabernacles. Don't expose the blessed sacrament during the 70s and 80s, okay? Now let's get the Lord right in front of our face. And I'm telling you that people who want to stay in their wicked ways, 
okay, are going to be like this. Yes. They want to look at our yeah. exposed Lord. That's okay? exactly right. And they're, they're going to hate this. Yeah. Okay. Or all of a sudden they're going to do this and it's all over. They're going to turn it over. See, that's why this is so necessary right now. Now, Father, We've let me chime in here. Movement of 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 re, uh, recovering uh, Eucharistic adoration across this land. It was so, so I, I just want to make this clear. What what we're saying to the people is this: Go to the website, and that website again is yes. HealOurLandHolyHour.com. Heal okay. okay, it's right there on the screen, right there on yep, the screen yep. for everybody to see. HealOurLandHolyHour.com. Yep. And, and you get a booklet there of how to do the Holy Hour with those powerful, powerful prayers, the rosary. Right. It's all right there. You just print it out, and you just make a, a bunch of layout. And then, it, and, and we're telling laity too, you you um, uh, build the team and, and put this together, and then go to That's Father it. and say, Father, yeah. just put your vestments on and hear our confession and expose them as a sacrament. Okay? Well, and, and that's a key point. That's a key point I want to make is I, I know you two priests are busy beyond belief with so yeah. many things you're juggling. We when love we it when laity get together. We lady get together and come to the priest and say, look, Father, we know this is out there. Here's the website. We've done the research. It's rock solid. It's good to go. We're going to handle this, 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 and this. We just need you to play your part. The only part that we can't do is what you can do. And we and it's a win. And we're galvanizing the remnant forces on Thursdays. Okay. Yes. Remember Battle of Ponto? They gathered the remnant forces. So we're going to be a powerful. You can pick whatever hour on that day that works best for your parishioners and all that. But we're doing 6 to 7 p.m. Um, it, because that works best. We might even tweak that if we hear from families as we go along. But but the point is, is that Thursdays, 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 we, we feel that we've been called to do it on these Thursdays for a number of reasons um, that we won't get into on this show. And I think we talk about it uh, on, that, on that website, though. But anyways, Thursdays is... The remnant forces are being galvanized. We're going to all get down on our knees and we're going to beg God to pour out an abundance of this Holy Spirit and push out this darkness that has taken control in our land. And, and if, I mean, follow Hyman, if someone just flat out could not do Thursday for something else, some other reason in the parish, what would you say to that? Yeah, so we're going to live stream what we're doing at St. Mary's. Okay. So if you oh, can't nice. do your parish... And, and we're, I got like 80 candles all set up. We're going to have glorious sacred music. I mean, it's going to be amazing. So um, your, your church is kind of, kind of beautiful. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's, it's 1888 uh, was when the church was built and it's hardly touched. It's not as beautiful as the library that I'm in tonight, right here behind yeah, me. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can, I want to say something, if I could, gentlemen, um, about adoration, uh, just on a, on a more you know, solemn note about it is, is I've been married 31 years, just celebrated 31 years with my, my beautiful bride. And I can tell you this, there has not been a day except maybe when I've been out of the country on a trip, when I did for EWTN, I went to World Youth Day in Spain or Rio de Janeiro or something. But every day, no matter where I've traveled in this country, even out of the country, if I had access to a phone, I talked to my wife every yeah. day I could. Yes. Now, when I'm in the same town with her, when I'm not traveling, in other words, I see her every day. We don't always speak a lot. Sometimes we're just in the same room together, but the presence with one another is clear. In fact, right before we started this recording tonight, I walked through the dining room area and she's sitting in the living room and she's sitting on the couch and I walked up behind her and just bent down and gave her one little kiss on the top of her head. And then I walked away and she simply said, I love you too. Aww. And I came in to start this. Now I'm not trying to get all mushy or anything here, but, but the reason I'm saying this is it's the encounter with the one that you love and these simple steps that you take on a daily basis that builds that, in, that, that relationship. If I want to spend the rest of my natural days on earth with this woman and I want it to be good and holy and healthy and strong and vibrant, I have to nurture as she does that relationship. If we claim we want to spend eternity with Almighty God, but we don't nurture the relationship here on earth with these types of moments where we just go for an hour once a week, you know, in addition to Mass, of course, uh, fulfilling that obligation on Sunday, and, you know, we should be doing that and maybe throughout the week, but this to sit there and just be in His presence 
It's like being for an hour in the living room with my wife, just maybe holding hands and not even saying a word. We're both reading something or, or what have you. But I'm saying build the relationship with yes. these moments of encounter. And that's exactly. what something like this is a powerful, powerful way to have yeah. an encounter with Christ, to build a relationship for now and for eternity. And it helps prepare us for the holy sacrifice of the mass. Too. Yes. That, yes. That we actually come to that mass now in awe and wonder. And, and we open our hearts completely uh, to receive everything that God wants to give us at that mass. So again, it's, it's like massaging that hardened heart and opening it up and, and letting the Holy Spirit come in. And now you're, you're ready to go. You're ready to be, you know, choose me, send me. You know, uh, and uh, you get that, that fire in your belly that, uh, what's, what's your mission, Lord? I want to do it. it it's, it, you can see right now that, the, that uh, in a large way, we're not in that place because, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to find anybody to pull them away from all the other priorities in their lives than God, right? Well, yeah. And on that, I, I'd like to ask Father Altman your opinion on yeah. this, because Father Hammond, you and I talk about this a lot, and I know how you feel about this, and you're speaking clearly about it right now. You two are both voices that are speaking so clear and so loud and so consistently, especially in light of everything in society that is just ramrodding all the deception and lies down our throats. The source of strength that you two both uh, you know, go to, to receive the, the courage to stand up and speak. People might say, oh, Father Altman gets all fired up and Father Hallman gets all fired Oh, it's because that's their personality. Well, there's something behind that that's giving you the courage to say these things. And, and Father Altman, your thoughts on you going to the Eucharist, you have to find that courage to say the bold things that you say. And both of you have been canceled in one way, shape, or form. Um, I, I just, I'm waiting for the, the next shoe to drop for both of you. I, I just wait for something to happen. Uh, but Father Altman, if you could speak to sure. going to our Lord for the strength yeah. to say the things as boldly and clearly as you do, especially in these times. Yeah. I'll relate it back to adoration. And, you know, if you actually went to a door, that means you believe what you are adoring. And if you believe what you are adoring, you can... You can look at it a door when they come up to receive the blessed sacrament because they are reverent because they know what they are receiving. If you really believe, there was just that story. Uh, a I, I don't, I don't know if it was just a, like a like a more of a parable, but I think it was a real story where a Protestant asked a Catholic, "Do you believe that's really Jesus there in the tabernacle?" And the Catholic said, "Yes," and the Protestant said, "Well, I don't believe that you believe." Because if I believed what you believe, I'd be in there every day on my face before him. If you have that sense, that belief, that it is the real presence, then you, you cannot not serve him. Exactly. You cannot not go to receive him. Exactly. You wouldn't even think about missing mass. Right. But when, when you now know the Pew Research now says that 80% of the Catholics don't believe in the real presence, and why should they? Why should they? The way it's sacrileges are being committed against it. Right. You know what? Hey, this you, you have never heard this from me before, but it just dawned on me maybe two, three weeks ago. Do you remember how we said that the Protestant playbook, well, I didn't say it, this is actually true, the Protestant playbook to destroy belief in the real presence was communion in the hand, right? Right. Well, okay, so I, um, I always thought you, you don't, you got to put yourself back 500 years when they did this 500 years ago. There was not hygiene. There wasn't running water and nice soap to wash your hands before you went to mass. Mm. You're dealing with people in an agrarian culture who are getting their hands dirty. And, and so can you imagine those dirty hands when they go up and now they have to receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus in these dirty hands? How special, not special, I should say. How not special must that Holy Eucharist be if I can receive it in these dirty, filthy hands? Right. So yeah. that when you, when all of a sudden the clarity of their evil intent to destroy belief in the real presence is think of the dirty hands of a farmer 500 years ago without running water. Yeah. So when you go to a door nowadays, only 20% of people believe. It's, so we're actually, the group that we're speaking to is actually a very small group. Mm -hmm. of the purported Catholics here in the United States and even around the world. Yeah. It's a small group. It's 20% that actually believe it's a real presence. Well, yeah. it does, you know, God doesn't need numbers. God needs faithful servants willing to even be martyred. So uh, the, 
if but for the fact that that um, the Holy Eucharist is there to nourish us and sustain us as a source and summit of our grace. You don't even have to be Catholic. Mm -hmm. And when they when the shepherds locked the churches and denied people the Holy Eucharist, what did it teach him? It taught him, well, I guess it's not that important. Yeah. Like dirty hands from 500 years ago. I guess it's not that important. Right. It isn't really the real presence. Why, why would I go and adore something that I don't even have to go receive anymore on Sundays? Right. Like the, 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 the evil that has permeated the church yeah. in the last 14 months. And, and you look at what they did to the, that's all you need to do. Look at done. Mm. Yep. Can't, I can't live without it. I know. I know. And I can't wait to find another way to make dad Abba proud of me, mm. you know, because <laughs> I, I just want to do that. And speaking of which, because I'm looking at the clock and I'm the, I'm, I'm the clock watcher on the podcast. <laughs> I think we got to close pretty soon, but yeah. before we do father, we got a half hour left. Go ahead. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> before we do uh, father Altman, I just want to say, thank you. I know I speak for a lot of people out there and I'm going to embarrass you right now. But uh, you're, uh, you're right now, you're number one uh, of priests I know. And I am so grateful for your priesthood. I'm so grateful for, see, Doug, you asked earlier why we do this. And the, the, the simple answer is, is, is this. We love our flock. We love our flock. And if you truly love your flock, you're going to say, there's a wolf, there's a wolf, there's a wolf. You do yeah. not let your flock get devoured. And, and Father Altman... I've never met a priest more loving than you. And I'm so grateful for your passion to, to use your staff to beat those wolves off and keep them off of your flock and everybody that listens to you. And, and I'm eternally grateful for your priesthood. Thank you so much. Amen. You know, I agree. By what miracle um, I first got to know you was probably about 10 years ago when, when I took some people down from Peter and Paul down to your place and because there was something special going on there. And I recognized it immediately. Um, the, the grace that, that flowed through you and in your parish and your parish family. thought, wow, that's what we want to do. Um, the, together, uh, it doesn't take a lot of numbers. But you know what was special? You believe it's, a, it's the, whole, the real presence. Yeah. And, and if it is, how can you not do what you do? Yeah. So you've been my inspiration all these years. What a hero to me. So that I get to be, you know, amongst your company and you, Doug, down there with the, with the, <laughs> I love listening. To, I, I've heard some of the stories a few times. That they're just fun. I was relating to somebody the other day about how you sprinkled your wife the first time with that holy water when you got there. Yes, I'll never forget was, that. What a funny story. Yeah, uh, it's humiliating, it's, but it's humorous. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a privilege we have to share even this time together. But, yeah. but yeah. it's all because we love God. And we love our people. Yeah. And we're working hard because if you love them, how can you not do that? Right. You know, what I, what I would always say to my kids was they were growing up. And one of them is sitting next to me right now, my son, Dominic, who's one of our producers. So if anybody ever hears father say, Dominic, edit that out. That's, he's, one of the, he's one of the two sons that works that on the podcast. Yeah. Dominic, you know, edit that out. That, out. Yeah, that would be a good t-shirt. <laughs> But I would always tell my children and my wife that, you know, my job as husband and father is to be in, in effect the same as you two as the shepherd of, of the family, the yeah. sheepdog of the family, yeah. the shepherd, and that there's no one who will fight harder or faster or go through a wall quicker right. for you than me. And that's, I see in both of you as priests that, um, and we husbands and fathers to speak to all you laymen out there, you husbands and fathers out there, you have got to be that type of man that develops the spiritual and mental strength to be disciplined, to, to train up, to be spiritual warriors and physically prepared. I always say that too, to be that fighter and that warrior, but especially with all the lies and all the twisting of truth and all the attacks from without and within the church, we husbands and fathers and laymen, we need to be ready to go through a wall immediately for our loved ones, those that God entrusts to our care. And we need to be ready to defend these priests. We need to be ready to protect them, defend them, just as they did in the old days when they would have their houses, they would have holes cut in and hideaways yeah. for priests to yeah. hide during the Protestant, you know, attack and breakdown. We, we have to be those type of men 
who are ready to rally together to protect our priests that are fighting for our faith, protect our loved ones and our families, and and band together as men to know that we have each other's back when it comes to yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Well, that's a great place to end. I, for whatever reason, I feel like Bishop Morlino is with us right now. In fact, give me a second. Do you have his relic? Yes, I do. There you go. Oh, you do? Yes, I do. <laughs> wow. Yep. So I, I ask for the intercession of, of Bishop Morlino. Bishop Morlino, who himself was considered one of the most divisive people on the planet, who was brutalized by the secular media. And he would not stand down in loving and protecting his flock yes. and, and, and saying, I will fight to the end and I don't care uh, what the secular people want to say about me. I will give you the truth with love, he always said. You know, and, and truth with love just means as clear and as you possibly can. You're not doing it in any selfish way. You're doing it in a completely selfless way. Uh, but he did it with passion. And uh, he loved us so much. And yes, he was considered one of the most divisive bishops on the planet. Praise God for Bishop Morlino. And he had our back too. He, he was just, he was rooting us on to, 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 to be that voice of clarity and truth that is so needed in our culture. It's not divisive to counter falsehoods with truth, okay? And so we ask for the intercession of Bishop Robert Morlino. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, you for all the James. Thank you for this. being with us again. Thank you.